Does your office building seem to go on forever and ever? Are you stuck in a never-ending maze of infinitely intersecting corridors and rooms with no discernible purpose? Are you even sure that the world exists outside your workplace? Don't be afraid. It's all normal. See, your employer is simply utilizing the alien geometries trope. Sure, the office layout doesn't make any sense, but that's by design. It's all for the sake of productivity. If you aren't sure where work ends, and life begins, why not just stay at work? So, take a deep breath, squeeze your branded stress ball, and go read that corporate slogan printed on the wall one more time. There. Doesn't that feel better? Now get back to work, and don't worry about the why of any of this. That's our job. Geometry's trope. We make office buildings inescapable, so you don't have to worry about leaving. Hello! Hello! Fellow gushers! Oh no, <laughs> I don't know Welcome. how I feel about that. <laughs> Welcome to Cinema! Welcome to gush. Cinema Gush, the show where we deviate from the plot. I have to tell you, we have our gushers are the best. We have the best gushers. <laughs> yeah, we certainly do. And uh, yeah. and man, they are in for a treat today because, like the title of this episode says, uh, I think we have found the new lost, the new I don't want to say cultural phenomena when it comes to streaming stuff. But now, the reason it won't be a cultural phenomenon is because it's on Apple Plus. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, Xfinity members can get uh, Apple Plus for three months for free right now just by clicking your remote. This is weird. I shouldn't be doing this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you have some vested interest? <laughs> Maybe look a little bit, but uh, you know, my, my vested interest is this. So far, we've had two amazing successes on Apple Plus this year. We've had Coda and mm-hmm. we've got Severance. Oh, oh my goodness, Severance! Uh, how did you just watch this one randomly, or did someone recommend it to you? How okay, it about uh, for you? so I saw a couple people posting, or a couple articles posted about the finale coming up and how the show's been crazy, and some people mentioned how it was really funny. Which, I mean, there are moments that are funny, but it's not a comedy in the traditional sense. And. In the words of Ralph Wiggum, it's funny, but not ha-ha funny. It's exactly right. It's funny, <laughs> but it ain't ha-ha funny. No, it ain't. Goodness. Um, it's almost a little too real at times. Yes, there, there are moments, uh, I guess satire probably is the right word, um, what I think about this show, but, uh, so so you had, sorry, you had heard people talking about the finale and how it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I'd seen it pop up multiple places. I heard that uh, Ben Stiller directed a bunch of episodes, which intrigued me, and I figured, I got Apple Plus, let's check it out. Mm-hmm. So I checked it out, and I was hooked pretty much right away. And and I, uh, we crammed through it in, I think, like two and a half days? Wow. Really, That's a really enjoyed it. as I went. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was... It, it was nice. It was nice to have it all done. But uh, I'm definitely going to make sure I'm watching come season two. So, yeah, tell me, you just finished last night? Yeah, and you know, this was, I had heard about the pilot for this uh, six years ago. 
Wow. I guess closer to five. So so you knew about this long before any of us did. Well, kind of. I would say this. The every, So in Hollywood, they have this thing called The Blacklist, and it started back in 2005, and it's just producers vote on the best scripts that they read all year, whether or not they had a chance to ever get made or whatever. And so every year now, The Blacklist has kind of become this thing that we celebrate at the end of the year, and it's all these amazing screenplays, and some get made and some do not, but usually you're guaranteed a pretty darn good ride because um, it's the top you know, voted by the people who work in the dang industry, the top scripts of the year. Now, there's also the hit list that the tracking board does. Then there's also the blood list. And this was started, I want to say, it's 2010, 20, 2009, somewhere in there. And it was a gal who loved the blacklist, but she wanted to focus specifically on horror and thrillers. Hmm. And so okay. this was on, I believe it was the first year the blood list started adding TV pilots into the mix in addition to movies, like it's always about movies, but this was the first year they did yeah. TV pilots. And so I saw the the tagline for Severance, and I thought, well, that's kind of clever. Mm-hmm, uh, but I didn't mm-hmm. read it until today. <laughs> but Oh, you uh, did read so it? Yeah. Yeah, I finished reading the, the that pilot today, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but um, a coworker of mine highly recommended it to me. And I don't know, I think I saw... Because we really like Ted Lasso a lot, so I guess three good reasons to get Apple Plus. Ted, Ted Lasso, Lasso Coda... Uh, Severance. Did you ever see what is it? Wolf Walkers or no? Oh, what's that cartoon movie? I need to watch that one. It's from the people who did uh, Secret of Kells. Uh, yeah, I've heard good. Th- well, all the stuff they touch is great. But there's also that uh, Tom Hanks uh, naval Robot World one? War Two. Oh, no, oh, oh. I can't remember, but it looks great. I haven't done it, but I've heard great things about that one. Yeah, so uh, I I would scroll past the picture of Adam Scott with his head open and a little man inside, and I just thought, I don't know. Eh, it's Adam Scott. Like, I don't think he's bad, but he's not a huge draw for me. Yeah, that- he often plays the same character, with the exception of Parks and Rec, which was kind of the, the different, him not being a turd in the punch bowl, sure. as he often is. Um, but because it came very highly recommend- recommended by a co-worker, I thought, all right, I'll give it a go. And yeah, I mean, the mystery pulls you in within the first five minutes of the show and you start to learn about this whole severance process. And this will absolutely be a spoiler free review um, because uh, well, we I, can I just, tell the again, premise. We got to tell the premise. Yeah, the yeah. premise, you know, the premise is effectively there's this company where uh, you can be severanced as an employee, which means your brain is effectively split into where one part of your brain is only switched on when you go down this mysterious elevator to your job and the other part is switched off. And so when you leave the job, never shall the two meet. Yeah. Yeah. Never shall the two meet. So effectively the way that I I think it was in the pilot is like you go into your office and the next thing you know, you're outside. Right. Effectively like that. Cause that half of your brain is only exclusively for the office. But then that part of your brain is I go into my office, I leave my office, and suddenly I'm back walking into my office. So you never leave work on one end, and on the other end, you never go to work. So you're effectively splitting the person in two. And so Adam Scott is this man who, through some tragedy, decided to get severed, and now he works for this secret organization. And they do work. They don't know what the work is, but they know Mm -hmm. it's important. It's very much Um, pushing the buttons and lost. Exactly. And the hash. Who knows what they're doing? The numbers were now, scary. Now, I do hope that the creators of this show know what they're doing, unlike the people in Lost. Well, that's the funny thing. Dan Erickson, who's the creator of the show, like he wrote, he had written other scripts in the past, but he had been working at a door factory huh. when one day he walked into the work and thought, man, if I could just shut off and then be outside 
you know, six hours later, having not gone to work at all, like in my brain, is like, I would make that trade. And that's where the idea for the show came from. Sure. So he had been working corporate office jobs in Los Angeles where he wrote this pilot and it got traction from the blood list. And Ben Stiller, uh, whose company is known for kind of just going with the weird concepts, read the script, met with the guy and said, you know, this is one of those pieces where you're like, this is just a sample. It's just to get me work on another TV show. He goes, but screw it. Let's just do it. That's amazing. So that started, yeah. And so that started the process probably end of 2016, closer to 2017 and all the planning and the plotting and then Apple coming on board and legit the day they were going to start shooting lockdown occurred. Wow. Stopping production completely for six months. And so that's how a show. And that's the thing is like six years to go from script sold to being made. That is not uncommon, but it was because of the pandemic that this show did get delayed. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And so the show is, uh, you know, it's the JJ Abrams mystery box thing, mystery box, mystery box, mystery box. And sometimes there's things that you feel maybe are thrown in just for the sake of being weird. Sure. I don't want to say what it is, but, uh, I, I have, I, there's, I read an article where one of those things was very clearly admitted that we didn't know why we were doing this. So we thought it would be weird. (laughs) Um, uh, that's fearful. But so, hopefully they've had enough time. Well, to they, think about they know the what they're doing now. Yeah. But so here's the thing. Even if they don't, and, and I am a I am an unabashed lover of Lost from beginning to end. Yep. Right through Nikki and Paolo. I I I I really like Lost. Now I get people's <laughs> frustration with it. The thing is, even if you didn't like Lost, you should check this out because it has such a wonderfully fascinating both aesthetic and moral conundrum that is worth yes. the price of the ticket alone. I couldn't agree more. I think the uh, loss is the closest thing I could come to for this. As far as like the mystery goes aesthetically, as far as the way that is shot Fargo. Interesting. I kept thinking yes. About I can Fargo totally as a TV see Fargo. Series. Yeah. I kept thinking about that one. Um, and for, I, I wonder especially if the outdoor any stuff. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Indoor, um, it really has this like creepy liminal space where you don't know where you are and the world seems to go forever when you're in this office building. And yeah, I really like how those two aesthetics combine together. I would never have said Fargo, but you're absolutely right. That is what what it looks yeah. like for outside. And it's, I believe it's shot in the Pacific Northwest. I believe the creator's from Seattle. So you have this, you know, are we in Seattle? Are we in Minneapolis? Uh, My wife was convinced it was Canada. Oh, okay. It's kind of unclear. Yeah. The accents, though, you know, it'd be a little bit different. (laughs) Well, (laughs) depending. But yeah, it's true. Um, But man, all all of the, it's hard for me to find gripes about the show. I think for me, it was a little slow to start. Like the first two or three, I was intrigued, but I didn't feel the rush to like have to hurry up and watch this. But man, there's kind of this turn this doesn't give much away, but there's a scene where a girl is playing a Metallica song on guitar and something is going on at that point. And, um, <clears throat> uh, enter the Sandman. That's the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's playing it with her dad. And when, and when that scene is happening, something else is happening in a, in a different room. That's when I was like, okay, this is going to be a long night. We're going <laughs> to wrap this puppy right up. And, uh, <sighs> It's hard again. It's hard to gush without getting spoilery, and I'm not going to. I think we can do that before season two starts. Because I mean, I'm absolutely going to watch season two. And absolutely. We can do a separate spoiler episode before. Do then, right so beforehand. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, it's last, not a long series. What nine episodes? 
Nine, that's Nine? right. Okay. And I thought it was ten, because the way that the ninth episode ends, I was like, well, This has happened to you twice tonight. in the last month. What was the other time? Uh, the Down Abbey guy. The oh, Gilded Age. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, that was more Monica. I think I. Well, no, you're right. It was in my sickly fever that I was like, there probably is one more after this. But then halfway through the episode, I was like, yeah, probably not. Um, I, I, dude, I kid you not. The last ten minutes of the last episode, I haven't been that on the edge of my seat since season four of Breaking Bad. Like, yeah. The ticking uh, clock that they build into the episode is just it, it, they it works so well and it really grabs you by the heart. Yeah, and and I kid you not when I say this, I have rewatched the last three minutes ten times. Amazing, twenty four hours. Amazing, 10 times. just I mean, and, and the last two words that are screamed at the end of the episode, like chills, goosebumps throughout my entire body, like. A, a weird stress reliever occurs and then like, Oh, and then it's over like, ah, oh. <laughs> and, and I just, I couldn't not talk about this show because it's, I, I think we live in this golden age of TV. And I think that's thrown around quite a bit. Cause I know the last time we talked about television, I was talking about prison break and 24 and lost <laughs> and <laughs> a little bit of heroes and getting into all of that. But man, when I think about the shows that my parents had in like the eighties and the nineties, like nothing really comes close to the level of craft that I am seeing in TV today. Like say what you, for, for those who have, who did watch it, say what you will about game of Thrones. I didn't hate it to the last two episodes. Like there's that final battle that kind of happens. Uh, and that's like, after that, everything else I didn't care for, but man, there was a time when game of Thrones was the greatest thing ever written on television. And then they, uh, Amber heard the bed. You know, needless <laughs> to say, needless to say, it didn't it didn't go well for those guys. Uh, that being said, I did see the House of Dragons trailer, and it's got a Doctor Who in it, who was who was very bad and Morbius. So I'm intrigued. Hmm, he's a fun actor. Yeah, yeah. no, th- that's just it. We've reached a point where, and this is one of the reasons why this show will not be the the cultural phenomenon that something like Lost was, is mm-hmm. that there's so much good content you can't possibly watch it all. And to try is to yeah, really man. give up all other hobbies. Um, and yeah, all other hobbies, all other forms of entertainment. Like you just, you can't, you just, you can't keep up. That's, that's very well said. What an amazing problem to have. Yeah, I agree. I think um, it's, I know we talked about this a little bit before, but it really is interesting to see how, uh, at least growing up, um, there's kind of this mentality that, oh, you're going to watch TV. Oh, the idiot box. Right. Oh, the stupid box. And there's um, a level of craftsmanship with writing and storytelling across the board. Every role imaginable behind the camera. I mean, yeah, camera crews, uh, people who work the dolly and the microphones and mm-hmm. the set decorations and the acting. There's there is a different level of craft here that is hitting at deeper storytelling beats than any of the idiot box stuff was it? I don't even know what people were really referring to. Maybe they, maybe every adult in the nineties was just like the idiot box because of the Simpsons or something like that. Maybe you, the smartest film, comedy that was currently airing. Um, well, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I read an interview recently from, uh, or just a quote. Somebody asked him a question of Liam Neeson about the Obi-Wan show. And oh. so they asked him if he's going to be on the Obi-Wan show. And his response was, no, I'm not a TV guy. I, I'm I'm too good for TV. I'm a movie person. <laughs> to which I had the immediate thought that you either are really, this is a really good way of, of misdirecting us because you're absolutely in it. 
or you're an idiot. <laughs> because, well, movies are amazing. This is cinema gush. Of course movies are amazing. Of TV course. is, for the first time in history, on the same level that film is. I, I, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, the, you, you, you might be hard pressed to find somebody who can sit through, um, what was that mob movie we just talked about? The Irishman. Goodfellas. You might find somebody hard pressed oh, to watch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Goodfellas is under three hours, but the Irishman, I believe is closer to four. Yeah. Um, something like that. You might find somebody hard pressed to watch the Irishman, but man, they'll binge 26 episodes of a TV show in two or three days. Well, it's funny. You it know? feels it feels wrong to pause a movie and come back tomorrow, but it feels perfectly fine yeah. to stop at a break point. Is it, I really think the solution here for that problem you just described is start putting chapter breaks in movies. Well, well, and and did we talk about intermissions before? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't recall. Lay it on me. What do you got? Yeah, I just I think my uh, my brother was talking about this when he saw the Batman. He goes, I think it is okay to bring back intermissions now. I think so you too. Know, yeah. The last movie I can think of that had a genuine intermission in it might have been my grandparents had a VHS copy of The King and I. I believe they had an intermission to change tapes. It's it's usually art house or nostalgic directors. Like Tarantino's had stuff like that. Oh, Grindhouse, yeah. That's a but, good point. But that's um I would pay more. I would love the opportunity to go make an evening out of the movies. Like not not just part yeah. of your evening. Make, you go to the movies for four or five hours. They serve you dinner. You have an intermission in the middle. That's sounds like bliss to me. Yeah, and double features used to be a fairly common occurrence. I we we were lucky enough to go to the drive-in growing up, and you would get there at five fifty, and at six o'clock, six thirty, they would mm-hmm. do like a little short. Then the first movie would hit at seven. And then you'd have a, a real change at around nine o'clock. And then at nine twenty, boom, here comes movie number two. Sounds and lovely. And you got all that for six bucks a head in the car. Um, and there is a drive-in theater in Denver I've been meaning to go to. The one, <laughs> I believe the one in Arizona finally got torn down in Scottsdale. Um, but man, like it used to be a fairly normal thing to see two movies and sure. spend five to six hours at, you know, at least the drive-in. Well, we have one um, about an hour away from us and we went to... We went to it once. We couldn't stay for the the double feature, but it's 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 a lovely way to do a night. It really is, yeah. And and for those who don't want to go out, and there clearly is the binge culture that we have right now. You know, I didn't get into House of Cards, but man, did I get into Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and uh, every season of Lost that I could possibly. You know, well, I watched that one live, so I'm not quite binging, but which um, is another reason why I I think week to week does make more of a cultural impact than binge because you have to, you have to ruminate on it. You have to stew on it. And I'm really glad that that's coming back. I know it is just to get more money from me. So I can't watch it all at once. I know that for admitting that part, (laughs) but I love it because it gives you time to think about it and rewatch it and talk about it. And there's something fun about that. There is. And you know, the on Reddit, they have these watch parties usually for any show that you want to watch. And it's fun to like, I, like right now I'm watching, um, oh, what I just talked about it last week and the week before that and the week before that ranking of Kings, which is an anime, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is super freaking delightful. Um, when I finish an episode, I jump over to the Reddit anime thread and I will just go through the ranking of Kings episodes where people discussed it live. Cause I felt, you know, I missed out, sure. which is totally cool. Like well, I, it's I'm a not great way of doing that. Some things I'm active for Some things I don't, but it's cool to see what other people pick up on, get excited yeah. for. Cause that's just part of the fun too. Sure. So, uh, this, 
this show, like there's an entire severance subreddit where the creator is actually quite active in, which is really cool to see. And, um, I'm looking forward to doing this one live. I, I'm looking forward to that season dang. two. We can chat about it. Yeah. I, I, we just finished saying there's too much content for you guys to all watch, but if you have a chance, check out an episode or two of this. It's got such a fascinating moral conundrum of separating yourself. Like, I mean, the temptation it would be strong for me because work drags, but you're effectively making a slave. And it really explores that idea <laughs> very thoroughly. I, I did read in the comments somewhere where somebody said you shouldn't recommend this show to anybody if you relate to it. Instead, you should just unionize <laughs> <laughs> if you're late too strongly to this show you have a worse problem on hand but you should check it out it's a lot of fun and it's it really is it's, it's it's a deeper commentary on you know corporate culture as a whole i'm going to be very careful as i talk about this being in the culture of corporations but um it is a very interesting commentary on as an example this isn't a spoiler, but as an example, some of the perks that they get for being, you know, they're, you know, severed and below this main corporate building, they can't give them things that they would necessarily enjoy outside of work. So they get things like Chinese finger traps, which is a lovely symbol for like, you know, two different fingers being trapped in one thing. And then that's like the two minds being trapped as well. Like they, they definitely thought everything through, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Paperweights and uh, man, I wanted to open the show by saying this, but two words, Brendan. Waffle party. Waffle party. Oh, the waffle party. My God. Yeah, the something. waffle party. Folks, it, the waffle it's great. party. <laughs> My God. Um, um, I loved the, uh, I will say this one more thing. The, the brother-in-law, Rickon, in his self-help book, The You, You Are. I know. That is like every freaking self-help book ever. And every self-help guru ever, like, giving you lines and just, you know, platitudes, I suppose. They're actually asking I them saw to that. I that saw that. Because I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, before you so, move off, I want to talk about the scene that hooked me because yeah. I, I think it might be a good hook. So, if you have any interest in this, to okay. me, the hook of the show was when, so the, the one of the characters is starting for their first day. So, they just wake up at work. And that's their birth. Um. When she tries to run out of the door and keeps waking up back in the door, and it seems like she's trapped, it seems like they're they're holding her hostage. So basically, she wants to leave because she doesn't want to be stuck there. So she tries to leave, but every time she leaves, she just finds herself back at work, like right outside the door she's leaving. And so you, later on, very I think the next episode, this is mild spoilers, you find out that it's because her out self is waging war against her and is really pissed that she keeps trying to leave and she keeps coming back in. And it's this great moment where you have two characters at war with themselves in such a dynamic way. And uh, there's so much more I want to say. I want to talk about the implications, but just give it a shot. It's worth, it's worth, it's worth two episodes of your time to see if you like it. Well, even that line that uh, Adam Scott, who is who plays Mark Scout in this, his line to her is, "Every time you find yourself here, it's because you chose to right. come back." And and that means it does. a lot. And I will say, after we started this, saying I, I I got nothing against Adam Scott, I he was perfect in this role. I am I am a big Adam yes. Scott fan at this point. Not that I had anything against him before, but man, I want to see him do more stuff like this. Your Audi is a good person, uh. Brandon. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so too. But anyway, yeah. Uh, 
in it one week before season two comes out, we will do a full spoiler episode of Severance right. season one. Um, mark my words, marking it. Wonderful. Hey, so I was going to save this for what are you consuming now, but it's relevant. Have you ever played the video game, the Stanley parable? I know about it, but I have not played it. You do you know the prince of the, we'll the, the premise of it? Know. Okay. Very much in the line. So me and the wife are playing through it a second time. I just re-released an extended version of it. And it's if you could do Severance and the Stanley Parable together, it's such a wonderful pairing. One, the show, it's, uh, Stanley Parable's a video game. The premise of the video game is that it's a video game about ending, where you can beat the game in about six minutes, but there's about 85,000 different endings, depending on how you... Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm, I'm exaggerating. There... I, I there's like 80 different endings and you play through it really quick and it's all based on the narrator says that you take a left and you take a right and the narrator gets mad at you and then you do other things and you this branching pathway but it's all about kind of both making fun of video games as the tropes and premises but also the work culture attitude uh rah rah go get em, corporate stuff check it out the new version just came out and it's wonderful. Fantastic. Definitely. We'll check that out, man. That sounds awesome. Um, are you consuming anything else right now that you want to tell the folks about? Uh, Oh, we're just jumping to that point. I mean, we could, you know what else, uh, since we're talking about streaming stuff real quick, uh, it, there's literally something for everybody on every streaming platform right now. So here's just a couple of quick hits for folks. Lay it on us on Hulu. If you have not seen Palm Springs, for goodness sake. Wonderful. Watch Palm Springs. Wonderful movie. Um, if you have HBO Max, uh, I know I talked about this last week, but Joe Para Talks to You season one was amazing. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I did. So that glad I converted you on that. that. Yes, and, and, and Monica really enjoys it because it takes place in the Upper Peninsula and she recognizes a lot of the areas. And um, I laughed so hard in the very last episode where they go back to the roots of being a cartoon and... Um, him just talking about different things and talking to sleep. Um, so you can also watch that, but also, uh, if you have HBO max, there's something else that you can watch. And, uh, that would be drive my car. I know it's, uh, I check movie, that one out. but I am planning on checking that one out in the next couple of days. So I will follow up on that one. If you Dr- have, Go ahead. HBO Max, I, I should just want to interject. I do think best bang for your buck these days is HBO Max. There's a ton of great content on there. You'll find something you like. And, you know, there's this process of churning streaming that I am recently heard about, which makes sense. Like, I would be like, oh, I'm going to pay for Netflix, and I'm just going to pay for it. I'm never going to cancel it. Well, no, like, you find the show that you want, you watch the show, and then you cancel it for a while, and you jump to another platform. Exactly. And people who just churn and churn and churn. and That's what me and the wife do. We, yeah. we pay for about two at a time. We just rotate through. Well, can you give a Disney Plus recommendation by any oh, chance? Disney Plus, we have four kids. We pay We pay for Disney Plus forever. Well, well I um, mean, like, you know, if you have Disney Plus right now, you should watch blank. Do you have any of those? So, I mean, so we just finished Moon Knight. That's the other thing we've been watching, and I really enjoyed it. I thought the ending didn't quite nail the landing, but every other part was great. But most of the Marvel shows have been great. Uh, there is 32 seasons of The Simpsons on there. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. All the new Pixar movies are being released straight to it. And well, I don't know if they're as good as the highest of high Pixar movies. They're still damn good movies. There you go. Um, yeah, no, uh, Disney, 
I, and I, I don't know if I've expressed this on here, but I kind of like Star Wars and all of Star Wars <laughs> is on there. Um, yeah, you can't go wrong with Disney+. Plus. Uh, now, that said, if if you want new content perpetually, there's usually about one or two new shows airing at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the best choice for continual new content. It's the best choice for strong, really great splatterings of content. There you go. That's a good run. Unless you have kids. Then you need it. You need it. <laughs> um, I don't know how to raise children without Disney movies. <laughs> My younger sister, I question the uh, sanity of anybody who does. My younger sister had her baby recently, and uh, she was sending me a video. And at one point, uh, she scan- she you know pans over to her daughter who's watching Mickey Mouse uh, Clubhouse or whatever, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I let my kid watch TV, and you know what? It's totally fine. It's fine. Let it go anyway." And just moved on with the conversation. It is fine. <laughs> Amen. It is fine. Hey, you can have too much say. of anything. Let your kids watch some damn cartoons. It's it's great. It's wonderful. Teach them the good stuff. There you go. Oh, you know what? That's a recommendation on HBO. HBO is the only place you can, for a reasonable price, find all of the classic Looney Tunes. Nice. That's a good point. That's a good point. Watch some Roadrunner with your kids. That's great stuff. You know what? Watch what is arguably the greatest cartoon short of all time. What's Opera, Doc? Watch that. Oh, hard to argue otherwise. Hard to argue otherwise, truly. Uh, so it's supposed to be HBO Max, Hulu, Disney, uh, Amazon. If you have uh, if you have not seen The Man in High Castle on Amazon, I highly recommend that, as well as Paul Dark and Downton Abbey, my favorite TV show of all time. And if you have Netflix, which we have for about ten more days, um, we just started The Witcher, which so far has hooked me, and okay. I'm almost done with Arcane, which, oh, awesome, 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 okay. awesome. What is the name of the... There's another Amazon show that I wanted to recommend. Oh, Undone is great on Amazon. That's oh, okay. the, one of those rotoscoped animated movies. Yes, yes, yes. TV okay. shows with... Um, Salazar is her last name. What's her first name? She's brilliant. She's for, in uh, Alita Battle Angel. Uh, Rosa? Rosa Sal, yeah, she's incredible, and the whole series. Season two just dropped. I haven't watched it yet, but season one is one of the best things I've ever watched. Wonderful. And the, but there's a spy show on Amazon Prime too, and I'm trying to find the name of it. Uh, it's got Terry. This is fun, isn't it? This is fun. Let's see. Hold, it's Locke from Lost. What's his name? Oh, uh, John Terry Quinn. Terry Quinn? Yeah, Terry O'Quinn. Terry O'Quinn. Okay, right. I can I can find this. Give me a second. There's We're so no prepared. There. Terry There's a Half-Life O'Quinn. mod. Half-Life 2 mod for Stanley Parable. No, that's how Stanley Parable started, I'm pretty sure. Oh, oh, that's right. That's how it started. Okay. 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 Wonderful. Okay, what is the name of this show? It's, uh... Ah! Patriots. So Patriot was yeah. sold to me as uh, Wes Anderson meets James Bond. And it's lovely. It's it's lovely. It's hysterical and sad and moving and wonderful. And you should all watch Patriot. It's great. Is it actively new? Is it done? I haven't finished it. Okay. Um, I it I don't know. It may have been canceled, but it it's worth the ride, anyways. Wonderful. I can find out. Keep going though. Yeah. No. Just check. It's worth an episode of that'll hook you. You know, there's a show that I haven't had a ton of time to watch. Um, 
but it has Will Sasso in it, and it's also on Amazon. It's called Louder Milk, and uh, it's also very charming in an R-rated kind of way. Interesting. Uh, one of the brothers who did, you know, the me, myself, and Irene, and Dumb and Dumber, and all that stuff. But that's another good one. So there's there's so much to watch. There is. There's just great stuff out there. Yeah, which which leads me into an interesting news story that I want to uh, mention before we get into what we're what else we're consuming right now, which I think we just listed. I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> um. There was a rumor over the weekend that Cartoon Network was going to close down. What? And the thing about it is, the thing about it is, everyone believed it too. And there's good reason to believe it because everyone is switching over to streaming platforms. Ratings for all the major networks are going down. When I heard that, I was like, ah, that sucks. They're like the only game in town for what they do. Yeah, I suppose Nickelodeon kind of has put a a stronger foot in the door. uh, Toon Disney. um, That's all true, but there's something special about Cartoon Network and as far as adult animation goes. Neither of those two can touch it. Well, I figured if it was true, then maybe Adult Swim would just be one network. But um, sure. I, when I heard that rumor, it was on TikTok. I 100% believed it. I was like, that makes total sense. Everyone's switching to streaming. I wonder how many more channels will die. And then it's, and then it turned out to like 100% not be true. Like Warner would have made an announcement. It was just a bad rumor, but a very believable well, one. In it, my ma- it makes more sense. What I think we're going to start see, seeing happen in situations like that is we're going to find out that the network will shut down, but Cartoon Network has been purchased by HBO Max yeah, or yeah. something like that. All the content is just shifting off of cable to a streaming service. And that would 100% make sense. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, let's see. I wanted to talk about two things that I'm enjoying at the moment. Uh, there is this, so I think I've talked about this in the past, this, this, this book genre called lit RPG. And, uh, I met one of the authors who's very prolific in the genre. And I said, give somebody a little primer. Just sure. So, uh, you know, D and D, you know, different traits that you can level up, you know, things like charisma and luck and strength and all those different things. And you can go on little journeys and slay things and roll dice to get stronger and powerful. And part of the fun of Dungeons and Dragons is leveling up and getting points to be stronger. Um, It's kind of the same way when you're playing a video game, like when you play Pokemon and you're leveling up your Pokemon and they're getting stronger and they're learning new moves and they're, they're leveling up and they're evolving all those different things. That's a ton of fun. So in lit RPG, the genre, you're effectively, you have a main character who gets cast into this strange new world and you actually see what their uh, abilities are. That's not the right word. Uh, well, we'll go with abilities for now. Like you see what their strength is. You see what their intelligence is. You see what their luck is. They actually put that in the page. Um, oh, interesting. So you I can, didn't realize that was part of it. Yeah. Uh, actually, knowing Microsoft Excel is part of <laughs> writing <laughs> that genre. Um, and so it's it's entertaining to watch the character that you follow along level up and overcome things and it's you know there's a lot of anime elements into it um and so i I asked a guy i said if you could recommend one to me just to start this to start learning about this genre what would you recommend and he recommended this book series called dungeon crawler carl and i will post the cover Mm. in the show notes because it's literally a dude running for his life in heart shaped or heart boxers underwear while wearing like a robe and like wielding a cat and it's got comedic elements. I just read the first couple of chapters while I was on the treadmill just now, and uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. 
That's I'm looking great. forward to uh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to crushing that one. I think there's five novels currently in the series. I think it's going to tap out at six, but uh, I bought it on Kindle, and uh, so far I'm really enjoying it. So, so I I get one of my free Audible originals back when I was subscribed was How to Defeat a Demon King in Ten Easy Steps, and I think that's kind of what you're. It's like an active video okay, game almost, one, right? One of the, the the author who wrote that book was actually one of the speakers at the sister conference that I did not go to for writers. Well, a, it was a deli- but, delightful listen. I really enjoyed it. Fantastic. Um, and then the other thing I really was enjoying, there is this... Um, it's an artist that is new to me. He's not particularly new to the, I guess, the scene, as it were, like Pitchfork, who is like the... Uh, the hipster gods of music. Uh, they've been talking about this guy forever, and I cannot find his name right now because my computer is loading so slow. <laughs> but um, I will put the full album somewhere. In the show <laughs> really notes. Stretching now. We'll the label show it as that uh, album that Nick referenced but didn't know the name of. I'm going to keep searching for it, and I will scream it out when I see it. No, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but you... I will have the answer by the time uh, you finish with yours. But tell me, what are you enjoying this week? I, I pretty much told you everything. <laughs> what was the embarrassing thing you wanted to share with everybody? Oh, the the embarrassing... the It's not embarrassing that I'm owning it. I'm quite proud to be a, <laughs> a owner of this. But the amount of money I spent on it... Uh, all right, I'm going to send it to you in the chat. You might not be able to pull it up, will you? I... Well, certainly will. And by the way, the artist is washed out and the album is called Purple Noon. Uh, I'll just put the full album in the show notes because it's it was like free online and it's utterly amazing. It was a great record. Okay, I'm clicking the thing that you right. sent me. This has to be a poster. It is a poster. Raiders of the Lost Ark poster. <laughs> the original. Okay, this, German, is, an, this but... is an original 1981 German printing of Raiders of the Lost Ark in unbelievably good uh, condition. And, and here's the beauty of it being German, right? So first off, I think it's charming that it's German because I like having different languages on my wall. It's kind of fun. Yeah. But the base size for German movie posters is f***ing huge. Well, no one's going to top that. 33 this thing, by 47. So, you know, the, the standard size of an American movie poster is 24 by 36. So oh. this is as wide as most American movie posters are tall. Wow. So this is going to go in my stairwell. Now, that may sound silly, but I get to see this. That'll be the thing I see every time I go up and down my stairs because there's nothing else to look at. And this is the poster I've wanted Forever, man. This this is this was my grail, and I, I'm so excited to get it now. It, it so it, it, the German to me was the best way to go to. It's cheaper than the American one. It's not folded. Most posters these days are folded, which mm. has its own charm. Uh, from this period, is folded it has its own charm. But I'm, I am stupid excited about this poster. I have done nothing but research framing options all day. So. I have to laugh because you called it your grail, but the treasure in the movie is the Ark of the Covenant. Movie poster nerds always talk about their grail, and I suppose I should be referred to uh, The Last Crusade as a grail poster, but alas, this one 
Grail free is my grail. It's all good, man. Push his glasses up. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, fantastic. Well, shoot, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Cinema Gush. We look forward to gushing some more in the coming episodes and recommending some more awesome things. So we'll see you all in the next one. Bye, guys. Bye.